When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the Viking Aids podcast, the official podcast of the VikingAids.com. We do this every Monday and Thursday night at 6.15 p.m. Central Time right here on the Viking Aids YouTube channel. If you miss it, we got you covered in podcast form the next day on Apple and Spotify. But however you listen, make sure you're liking, subscribing, giving us a good review because we never want you to miss a new episode. My name is Chris Shad. I am the contributor for the Viking Age and a slew of other websites. And I am joined by my co-host, the managing editor of the Viking Age, Adam Patrick. Welcome, Adam. And since we hit on this topic a little bit in our last show, the next time I see an NFL player leave a game with a cramp or like a you know tweak in their hamstring or neck, I'm going to remember that Cody Rhodes won a Hell in a Cell match with basically one arm. So, um, yeah. Well, it just makes you wonder, you know, if, uh, you know, did Anthony Barr have to be out the entire season in 2020? And, you know, how much could uh, Daniel Hunter done? Uh, last season with his his torn pec, uh, probably much much different because when it's football and you can't, you know, uh, uh, choreograph what the other person is going to do, unlike professional wrestling. Uh, but yeah, still still impressive. I think he probably people were probably like, wow, like why would they even do that? Why would they risk that? I'm sure they probably told him like, look, dude, you like you tore the whole thing off already, so like you can't really do much more damage. Than you've already done so just go out there and with a giant bruise on your arm at first i was like this gotta be a work like why would they announce it to everybody and and then make a big deal out of it pulling his his coat off i'm like that's gotta be like makeup or something but no it was it was it was legit and uh it was impressive that thing got worse as the match went on too For like sure. his whole arm was black <laughs> and blue by the end of the damn thing which uh yeah, I, I mean, wrestling is predetermined. It's mm-hmm. fake in the words mm-hmm. of some other people. And I mean, I'm not suggesting that Anthony Barr and Daniel Hunter should have played through a torn pack. <laughs> I, I mean, his situation was probably like tearing a pack in the middle of the game, like mm-hmm. an NFC championship game mm-hmm. or something, and just finishing the game. Mm-hmm. And after them going, yeah, you're probably done there, bud. Uh, that, that thing's not going to hold in, uh-huh. but. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure well, they gave him some 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 boost, a little boost, a little numbing stuff, probably to help out with that too oh, as well. Oh, he felt good going into that match. I, <laughs> I'm sure there there is no way he didn't like, you know. <laughs> but uh, 
Yeah, that's on our next one. Uh, it's called Dark Side of the Ring. But <laughs> let's get on to the Vikings topics. And the first one we'll talk about today is an appearance by Chris Boyd on Patrick Peterson's All Things Covered podcast, along with Bryant McFadden. Uh, he was asked right at the beginning of the show, you know, hey, what do you think of the old staff? And Chris Boyd's first question was, uh, can I say whatever I want on here? And they said, yeah, sure, go ahead. So he decided to drop a pipe bomb on the Mike Zimmer regime saying, uh, and I quote, they walked around like their asshole, like tight. They would always be strict about everything. Anytime you messed up, it's like the word world ended. Well, color me shocked that Mike Zimmer would freak out over a mistake or like Andre Patterson or anything. It's why Shamar Stefan was always in the starting lineup despite doing absolutely nothing because he never made mistakes. And that's mm -hmm. probably what they were comfortable with. Are you surprised that the Vikings coaching staff freaked out over mistakes? No, that's how they were. They 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 did use fear based tactics. Uh, they're more old school approach to coaching. Uh, but that's because that's just how it was. And it worked for the first, you know, handful of years with the Vikings. And it didn't work with like, you know, the the last two years of the Mike Zimmer era, they had a lot more younger players. And they those types of players are aren't used to that type of coaching where maybe some of the more veterans like a Harrison Smith or even Eric Kendricks that are, are like, okay, you know, I've been coached by these people before. Um, this is just kind of how it goes sometimes. Um, but you know, the, the Vikings players are kind of, you know, they're setting themselves up for, you know, a little bit of failure here if they don't exceed their expectations that they are going to be better than, than the team last year, because, you know, Mike Zimmer was not a terrible coach. I think he has the third most winning percentage in uh, among Vikings head coaches in team history. Uh, of course, they won two divisions titles. They went to the NFC Championship. Um, so he knows how to coach. Um, just, just it wasn't received as well by some of these guys. But, you know, some of these guys could have said, like, oh, uh, you know, the past is what it is, blah, blah, blah. And some, and some have taken this route where they've been like, you know, the past is the past. I don't, I don't really want to talk about it. Um, then just talk about how what they like about the new regime, but a bunch of them have kind of just thrown the previous regime under the bus and kind of just pointed all the fingers at them for why this team didn't succeed. And you know, they can look at themselves in the mirror too and point the fingers at themselves because the players have to make plays. Coaches can only do so much. I understand coaches have an impact. You look at the Vikings going from Leslie Frazier to Mike Zimmer. Obviously, that coaching change had a big impact, but at the same time, players have to make plays, especially someone like Chris Boyd, who has made his fair share of mistakes in his career. So um, I'm not going to fault him because I'm sure he was invited on the podcast and he's probably super excited to go on Patrick Pearson's podcast. But you can't go on there and say stuff like this, especially when he's he's a fringe. He's like a bubble player, like like. There's no guarantee that he has a spot on the, the Vikings roster. And why are they going to keep some guy around that's going to, you know, get them in the headlines for the wrong reason? So, you know, maybe, maybe quiet down a little bit there, Mr. Boyd. His comments about Kevin O'Connell a little bit later were a little bit interesting. I think it was in the same quote, actually. But he was talking about them and he said, they're way more chill and way more mm -hmm. relaxed. Whatever we got to fix, we going to fix it. We going to keep rolling. We going to bounce back, figure it out. They changed the whole vibe. Everyone is more relaxed. Nobody's worried about too much. 
You know why nobody's worried? Because it's OTAs. Mm -hmm. It's not an actual game. (laughs) You know, I I mean, if Kevin O'Connell went in there and like, let's say Kirk made the wrong read on not to throw Kirk under the bus. I don't I don't want people coming after me. But like, let's say Kirk just made the wrong read on a play. He's learning the offense. Like everybody is. This is a new system. Like if Kevin O'Connell like rips Kirk Cousins in front of him, he's going to lose the entire locker room. So, yeah, of course, he's going to be more like a teacher and just be like, hey, that's okay. Like, let's do it again. Like, get this ingrained because we're going to need this during the season. This reminds of a story from my 300 pound college days in River Falls. Go Falcons. And I went to a Vikings Chiefs practice because the Kansas City Chiefs used to have their training camp in River Falls. Mm-hmm. So they had a scrimmage and I was standing next to this guy, just a random guy I'd never met before. And we were just talking during the practice. And he told me the story. He said, you know, everybody has this one guy on the team that they can't stand. And like his example was Dontarius Thomas and he was going off about him. And he's just like, my kids literally thought Dontarius Thomas's first name was bitch. (laughs) And like, I think about that. And then I think about Chris Boyd and I like to play this fun game called why was Mike Zimmer upset at Chris? Boyd? Why would he be so uptight about his uh, stats? Because maybe he had two block in the back penalties uh, last year, which was tied for the most on the team. Maybe it's because he had another 15 yard penalty that swung the momentum in the Steelers game. And then he went and posted it on his Instagram account saying, look at how badass I am. No, 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 no. You're not. You just cost your team 15 yards. And how about the Matumbo finger wag on a ball thrown way over his head when they're getting blown away by Green Bay in week 17, which I sent out a tweet. And you know what? It's not just me. That tweet got about a thousand likes. So a lot of people feel the same way that I do about Chris Boyd. As you mentioned, he's a fringe player. He's not a lock to make the roster. And and what was funny to me was that Patrick Peterson said that he was the number one most requested guest for his podcast. Really? Really? Who wants to hear from Chris Boyd? Justin Jefferson. Like like who? Yeah. Who wants to hear from Chris Boyd? Like, like that's the thing. It's the same with Kellen Mond's dad. I don't care. You know why? Because your son's irrelevant because Mike Zimmer locked him in a closet his entire rookie season. <laughs> he was so mad that he wasn't a cornerback. He mm-hmm. locked him in the closet and just said, we're going to roll with Sean Mannion. He's, he's the greatest backup ever. Like Chris Boyd means nothing to me. And, yeah. and you know what? Maybe, maybe this is the year he turns it around with a new staff. He plays great. He stops making stupid mistakes, but he has a laundry list of bad things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, to go on the air and be like Mike Zimmer's staff, oh, let me tell you about those guys. And I think part of it is to like a player like him. If the PowerPoint report was true, that Mike Zimmer just had a big PowerPoint being like, this is why it's not my fault. Yeah. yeah a player like Chris Boyd is going like, oh yeah, really? I got some stuff about you. So yeah, I, I just think there was some pent up stuff, and it's just like, but but I mean, we had Chris Boyd, Kellen Mond complaining about it when like Eric Kendrick says, "Hey, I didn't have a good relationship with a coach." My eyes kind of get mm-hmm. wide, but yeah, because like he's this, it's just kind of like, well, yeah, sure, but cause, yeah, because he's established, he's been there for a while, uh, he gets playing a lot of playing time. We're like, you know, Mike Zimmer during his tenure was he was hard on a lot of guys, um, and 
most of the time it was for good reason because he saw something in you and he saw you weren't reaching your potential. So he was going to ride you like, like, I guess, someone like Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, uh, Mackenzie Alexander, like all those guys. He was hard on them, like like getting on them after every practice that they make a mistake. Like if Mike Zimmer was hard on Chris Boyd, it's because he saw something in him. And if he couldn't realize that, then, you know, that's on him. Because if he didn't care about Chris Boyd, he wouldn't. One, he still wouldn't be on the team. He would have been cut by now. And two, like he wouldn't, you know, like Mike Zimmer wouldn't even give him the time of day. He would have been, he would have been Kellen Mond. Like he wouldn't, he wouldn't even cared, like if he made a mistake or not. But because he saw something in Chris Boyd, he, you know, gave him the business. And that's, that's something that obviously Chris Boyd, maybe he's too young now to kind of realize that. And he'll look back and be like, oh, you know, I should have, you know, kind of maybe listen to more what Zimmer was trying to tell me because one uh, I've heard him talk about like how he feels, feels like he's going to break out this year and stuff. Um, and isn't Mike Zimmer known as like a defensive back guru. Um, so if you can't succeed under him, why, why are you going to do so much better under a new defense, like a new defensive coordinator? That's not really known as like being even an elite defensive mind like his boss was Vic Fangio is but no one's like oh Ed Donatel like he's like this Hall of Fame defensive coordinator no he could be good but let's not you know Chris I've heard Chris Boyd you know talking about himself I was going to be so much better this year and it's like but you just left someone who you who could have given you like the best shot of being better was probably teaching you the best things but you know whatever we'll see he will I think he's gonna you know maybe be a little surprised when some, maybe some rookies are playing ahead of him. Maybe there's a, there's a bunch of corner. They have a lot of cornerbacks on the roster this year. And you know, this is a new regime. They don't care what Chris Boyd did in the past. They don't have any ties to him. They didn't pick him. So if they want to move on from him, they're going to move on from him. They don't care if the locker room likes him. They're looking for Kevin O'Connell said this. They're looking for the 11 best guys on the both on both sides of the ball, regardless if they're a veteran or a rookie or whatever. They don't care. They want the best team on the field no matter what. And uh, Chris Boyd might not be a part of that. I think, too, there is a distinct difference in coming in at the beginning of the Zimmer era and coming in at the end of the Zimmer era. Because, and I mean, that might play to Boyd's benefit, too. I mean, with this new staff, they know they have some security unless, like, things are a complete train wreck, like, you know, Matt Patricia style or... uh, Future Patriots offensive coordinator, by the way. Oh, Jim Thompson. Matt Patricia? Oh, Jim yes. Thompson, yes. Yeah, but Matt Patricia is being rumored as the next offensive coordinator for the Patriots. Offensive coordinator. Wasn't he the defensive he coordinator was. before? He was. So really, they're, <laughs> maybe they're just not... They're, they're really fluid. Bad, they have fluid coaching positions, apparently. One gets between, the coffee and one gets between, the donuts. It's between Matt Patricia and, and Joe Judge. That's what Do the you, Patriots are picking between. <laughs> See, see Vikings fans. That is a that things, is a co- screw our right guard battle. That's a that's a camp way battle. Worse. Wait, I would take Clint Kubiak over those two. Okay. Do you think? Okay, I, I'm pretty sure Bill Belichick is a black coffee guy. There's no way that guy's putting like cream and uh, sugar in his. I think coffee, he just right? eats the beans. He just eats the beans. <laughs> he just eats the beans straight. <laughs> not. I mean, probably not. He's not like a chocolate long john sprinkles guy for the donut. Maybe just like I, I don't even know. He's plain, he just plain, like, plain cake donut, just not even glazed, just plain cake. Those are legit, though. They're good. 
They love yeah. the, the fried Every cake. Every once in yeah. a while. You get a yeah. fried cake, you put some sugar and cinnamon on it. Yeah. But I'm saying he did Very underrated. Plain. Nothing else. And that's fine. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. <laughs> um, with your with your uh just plain coffee beans on ground or anything. <laughs> Um, let's move on to our next topic. And I know that I ranted about Kirk Cousins discussions in May, but, uh, it's due now. And Chris yeah. Sims yeah. has <laughs> finally got into his, uh, he's actually into the top 10. Now I noticed, yeah. Yeah. uh, of his quarterback rankings, he put Kirk Cousins 16th. And I would love to give you the list and the players that are around Kirk Cousins, but an actual list of Chris Sims quarterback rankings are like, extremely hard to find it's like there's it. an article here you got it you have it yeah, yeah i got it right in front of me all right uh, i got it off. Thir- 13 through 40 so i'll go through like maybe like the 10 that are five above them and five behind them so apparently do, i need to u- learn how to use google it's too, right but, on, i was right i'm yeah. on his twitter account it's just a picture oh really <laughs> oh um at 13 he has deshaun watson 14 matt ryan 15 ryan Tannehill. Who is has a higher cap hit than Kirk Cousins this year? Sixteen is Kirk Cousins. Seventeen, Baker Mayfield. Eighteen is Mac Jones. Nineteen is Carson Wentz, and twenty is Jimmy Garoppolo. And some of the other quarterbacks that are ranked below Kirk Cousins are Daniel Jones, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts is twenty-five, uh, Jameis Winston, and uh, Tua and Jared Goff, and Trey Lance is thirty-one. Okay, there you go. So let's think about this here. Kirk Cousins is 16th, so there's 32 starting quarterbacks, and he didn't do starting quarterbacks, he just did top 40. How is so, Zach, I mean, Wil- Zach Wilson is 22? I'm sorry, I'm just looking at Zach Wilson is 22 and Jalen Hurts is 25. How, how, like, <laughs> so Matthew Collar dropped a stat on Zach Wilson. They said like 12% of his passes were dropped by receivers last year. I've heard, yeah, but I've heard and like, and like the league average is 5%. I've heard he's been really inaccurate though. And I know this is OTAs, but I've heard that he's been missing receivers left and right in, in OTAs this year, which is not good when you're doing drills and shorts, but, but yeah, no. back to, back to Kirk cousins. I, uh, I'll, I'll say one more thing. The best tweet that I've seen, uh, during OTAs, and I don't know who sent it, but it was like breaking your favorite 170 or 170 pound receiver is just freaking dominating OTAs <laughs> where there's no threat tackling right now. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was that's OTAs Chad in Beebe. a nutshell. Chad B. Uh, Jordan Taylor. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. Jalen Naylor. <laughs> he's also a very small receiver getting yep. some steam. BC we'll, Johnson's we'll doing well too. Out. And Dylan Mitchell is somewhere. Falling out too, I'm Somewhere. sure. Um, so let's see what Sims had to say about Kirk specifically. He goes, we're talking about the ultimate system quarterback. The guy, the system is really good and creative and you give him the answers, checks and balances. He will take advantage of every bleeping bit of it. He's not going to be the guy that's going to go, hey, we're an eight and eight football team. Don't worry. I'm the man. We'll go 10 and six, pull a few rabbits out of my ass and a few <laughs> magic tricks and we'll make it work this week. He dropped F bomb okay. too, didn't he? Yeah, that was bleeping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why didn't he do that? I, I've already dropped like three or four swear words in this podcast oh, already. I don't, no. I, it, it was just weird. Like no, not, if you if you listen to the answer, yeah, yeah. Quote, he's like every 
it's like ah so we're just <laughs> chilling at a bar i guess yeah, just like yeah. it's his podcast like, so i guess it's, it's different it wasn't he like can do um, what he wants it wasn't on tv or anything uh yeah yeah um so a 16 too low or what do you think there um you know i think you could you are is he better than some of the guys that are ranked above him i think you could make a case is he better than pretty much all the guys below him yes so I think he's right in that range. I think we've all felt that he's in that 12 to 16 range of, of quarterbacks. I think the Deshaun Watson factor is big. We don't need to talk about him today. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think – and I agree with, with Chris Sims' assessment on everything that you know about Kirk Cousins, except for the system quarterback thing because, one, that's like a dirty word in, in quarterback land. Like to call someone a system quarterback. You might as well tell them that they're terrible. Um, but he's been in multiple offenses during his career as a starter. You know, he's with Jay Gruden. He was with uh, John DiFilippo. He was with Stefanski. He was with Kubiak. Like, and he's he's done well in all of them. So I wouldn't call him a system quarterback. I think there's certain things that he does well, and that each offense has tried to utilize those aspects to do well. But that's with every quarterback. So I wouldn't really call him a system quarterback. Where someone maybe like maybe like a Jimmy Garoppolo, where like if he's in a certain system then he's successful compared to something else. Uh, Nick Foles, like you look at him in, in Philadelphia and he goes to Jacksonville and he's terrible. Um, but I also wrote about this, how, you know, probably like eight years ago, uh, Chris Wessling, the late Chris Wessling from the Around the NFL podcast, uh, which is a podcast by NFL.com, came up with this Dalton scale, which uh, makes Andy Dalton the, the prime meridian of NFL quarterbacks. So if you're a quarterback that's ranked above Andy Dalton, then your team is good. You're, you're set to go. you you got a guy that you need, you can move, you can win, whatever. But if you're below Andy Dalton, then, you know, you got a bunch of problems. You got to figure out your quarterback position and, you know, you got, you got stuff to figure out. And, you know, in this article that I wrote, my proposal is to change it from the Dalton scale to the Cousins scale. And this isn't a comparison of Andy Dalton, Kirk Cousins, because I think Kirk Cousins has played much better on the field than Andy Dalton, but it's just replacing Dalton uh, with cousins as the prime meridian of NFL quarterbacks. Cause I think it's kind of similar. If you rank above cousins, you're, you know, you're a franchise guy or you're developing into one. And if you're below him, then you're probably not going to do that well as a starter in the NFL. So that's, that's, that's my take on, on uh, Chris Sims ranking, which I don't really have a problem with. no, I, I don't either. Like, like I kind of mentioned, like everybody was kind of raging about this debate in May, but I mean, it, it is, it is what it is at this point. Yeah. Like until Kirk proves otherwise, and that could happen this season under Kevin O'Connell and yep. you know, all the conditions are perfect and the planets of the grim lap system align and the moon is blood red <laughs> and everything from some kind of ultimate warrior promo. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's that's pretty much it. And I mean, it, it it's almost annoying to talk about. I don't think he's worse than any of the quarterbacks that were mentioned before him, lower in the rankings. Um, right, you right. might be able to mention that he's one higher because I don't think a certain quarterback is going to be playing this season. Correct. Um, correct. Gosh, I'm Baker kind of happy. About. Yeah, Baker. <laughs> Same city, different quarterback. I'm just yeah. glad we didn't blow 230 million on uh, said quarterback. But yeah. like you said, we'll just take drive bys and not actually talk about that mm-hmm. subject. Mm-hmm. 
you know, this, this is just going to be a fun season for Kirk. I, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I want to see what happens when you have a co- coach that's willing to lean into him. Tell him, hey, take more risks. We're not going to yell at you. We're not going to lock you in the closet with Kevin and Mon. Like, we're just going to let you be Kirk Cousins and try and see what happens. And if he sucks, you move on. You find something else. If he doesn't suck, you know, you're probably in very good shape because when he's good, he's a top 10. I mean, I was going to say top five. I, I don't think he's that. Like, how good is he at his peak? That's a better question. How good is Kirk Cousins at his peak? Is he a top five quarterback? Uh, he, I mean, he's not the best. Like, what is he during Kirk Tober? Top eight? Eight? Seven, eight? I, think I was going to say seven. I think that's fair. Seven or eight. Because you look you look at the Packers game last year, and he was, like, just firing all cylinders. But you also remember he almost lost that game because he threw an interception. Uh, so uh, that could be referred to as his peak, but he also made a bunch of mistakes and possible mistakes in that game as well um yeah i think at his peak which we've you know to be fair we've only seen a few times and i think that's it's a product of everything what i was going to say about you know him having a coach now that's that's more maybe not as hard as on him as if he makes mistakes as maybe mike zimmer was or seemed to be is that we get to find out if if kirk cousins is the one who's like super hard on himself and not the coaching staff because he he was with he was in Washington with Jay Gruden and we've seen videos of like Jay Gruden going up to him and be like hey man like just just who cares if you throw an interception just just make that throw and Kirk's like no I don't want to do that like I don't want to make a mistake and it's like but your coach is telling you it's okay to do that because you know taking risks sometimes gives you big rewards but Kirk has always been like I don't want to do that I feel like t- having a turnover is is bigger than you know Maybe getting a touchdown. Um, so we will see if if Kirk is the one holding him back and not the coaching staff. I think we'll be able to see that this year. You know, it's interesting. Arif Hassan wrote an article back in February when they were talking about giving it an extension or not giving him an extension. And he mentioned like the opening of his book, like the first words he has in his book was a play against Notre Dame where he threw an interception and it cost his team the game. And he almost refers to it like, a kid who would have like peed his pants in like elementary <laughs> school or something like he just like, he'll just sit there and he'll flash back someday. And like kids just laughing at him. And like, <laughs> no, it's I like can't the, throw an interception. It's like the, the choir scene in Step Brothers when, uh, yeah, they're, they're singing. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what it is. It's, uh, <laughs> Kirk has an interception. Kirk threw an interception. Yeah. Kirk threw an interception. <laughs> not as, not as catchy as, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dale's yeah. problem, but um, <laughs> there's that. So I, I don't know. We'll just, I, I mean, like Kevin O'Connell, I've made this joke before, but it's like he needs to go up from behind, open Kirk's little control panel on his neck, rip out a bunch of wires, and we get like aggressive Kirk where he trades in his van for a motorcycle and, you know, gets a tattoo that says mom and, uh, you know, goes into a fight club and starts fighting people and starts screaming for Mike Zimmer. Like, that's the Kirk we need. And I I don't know if we're going to get it. Like I said, we're, we're going to, one way or the other, we're going to have an answer after this season. And that's fun. I like that. That is fun. That's, that is one of the reasons I'm excited for this season because I want to see how Kirk Cousins fares. So are we, or are the, are the goalposts going to keep getting moved and we're going to find something else, else to blame? 
Where else can you move them? <laughs> you, to? You've moved them all over the field. Well, every, you every know, piece of the field. Kirk didn't have Kirk didn't have. Uh, I mean, if Justin right Jefferson gets hurt, if Justin Jefferson gets hurt, or like Dalvin Cook gets hurt, then people are going to be like, Yeah, see, see what could happen. They um, served shrimp on a Friday, and you can't do shrimp on a Friday. You know? <laughs> I have a question for you he though. Had Taco Bell before the game, and sometimes <laughs> you know you got to sign up for. Did you? Okay, let let's talk about this because this is something oh. else that was on my mind. But here, make your point, and then I'll make mine. I Sorry. was going to say you mentioned Taco Bell, and I and it made me think of a Nick uh, Nick Swartzen joke, who was a Minnesotan and a fellow Vikings fan, where he said, "I used to work at Taco Bell, which was great because I got free." diarrhea um so i just wanted to <laughs> throw that in there uh great comedian nick swartzen i think he's on tour uh, right now um uh, but i was gonna ask you a question but actually you go first and i'll see if it has anything to do with what i was gonna ask you you go first well you had mentioned taco bell too there's actually a new taco bell that is opening in minnesota and yeah. it's like a bank drive through basically like a restaurant so they yeah, so so basically, there's no like dining area area under my understanding. I think I've seen those, and it's yeah. and it's just like you know up on top, and you go through like at a bank window, and they just shoot your food down. Which I, which I would, it's it's a precursor for what's going to happen later that night. But I, I would just assume it goes through the bank tube, and your CGC is just like all over the place yep. in the tube. Like here you go, but Baja blasting everywhere. Um. I was going to ask you because Derek Carr has not appeared on <laughs> this ranking yet. So clearly he's going to be ranked ahead of Kirk Cousins, uh, 12 or higher. I think they came out with the top 10 today. So I don't even know if Derek Carr is in there. But do you think Derek Carr deserves to be ranked ahead of Kirk Cousins? And it looks like Dak Prescott's probably going to be ranked ahead too. Sorry, I just have to think about this. <laughs> like I've said this before, it's like there's like five it quarterbacks ma- that if you matter? put it in yeah, any like, order, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't be upset. Tannehill's like, in there. Yeah, like they're they're basically they're almost the same quarterback, except the quarterbacks on the top end of the list have like one trait the other doesn't have. Like Dak can run around a little bit. Like Derek Carr has Devontae Adams, I guess. I don't yeah. know. But I, with all the all the things that the Raiders went through last year, like with Gruden and, and Henry Ruggs and all that stuff, and they still made the playoffs, do you think they could have done that with Kirk Cousins? No. 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 No way. No. Like that that odd. Like a 2016 seat that like Kirk, if he was the quarterback of the Vikings in the 2016 season, <laughs> would have been a sight to behold. You have no offensive line. You have, you know, your coach goes blind. That was that season, yeah, right? Yeah. Yep. And then, you know, you're sliding off the runway in Green Bay and you're asking Teddy. for help. And Teddy? Yeah, Teddy, Teddy's knee explodes. Well, yep, yep. He wouldn't have been there at that point. Adrian Peterson got hurt too. In. Yeah. Just a uh, complete gong show. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about a quarterback that is not on Chris Sims' list that Vikings fans may know. And that is Kyle Sloter, who still thinks he's a quarterback god. Uh, Sloter spoke to Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press, and he proceeded to drop some bombs, uh, mainly that he thought he was better than Sean Mannion, which isn't really hard when you think about it. But uh, this was the quote. Sean was two years my senior, and I was just a young guy. So that's a big gap in knowledge. Although I think my play was superior, I think they saw in Sean the ability to help Kirk in the classroom 
and that was valued more. Like Chris Boyd's comment, yeah, we we get it. We get it. He also went on to say he thinks he's a top 32 quarterback in the world. The reason I played in the USFL is to further my NFL career and hope that I've turned some heads. I can tell you there's not 80 or 90 quarterbacks in the world who are better than me. I don't think there are 32 better than me. I know I can play in the NFL. All right. So what do you think? Is Kyle Sloter a top 32 quarterback in the NFL if he were on a team today? I don't, I don't think so, but he, he's got confidence, and that's, I, I think, a big reason why people liked Kyle Sloter when he was with the Vikings because he has that confidence, and he has that swagger. He wears that visor, goes on the field, and just makes plays. And I think that's why people kind of gravitated toward him, including myself, uh, when he was with the Vikings and were kind of disappointed when he didn't get the nod for the backup job uh, in 2019. But it was clear that the Vikings weren't looking for, like, talent in the number two quarterback spot, they wanted someone who was going to be better to help Kirk Cousins. And from the sounds of it, it sounds like Sloter was going to be, you know, he w- he'd be able to help Cousins, but he was going to also be trying to take Cousins' job. And they weren't looking for someone to do that. And, you know, that's not Kyle Sloter's fault. He's young. He wants to play. Um, I agree with him that there aren't 80 or 90 quarterbacks better than him. There's, there's, there bar- there's barely 20 good quarterbacks in the NFL. But, but I still think, you know, he is doing well in the USFL right now. Um, at the same time, he still has plenty to work on. I think he can be a backup in, in the NFL this year if if someone gives him a shot. Because at the same time, he you know, he is leading the lead, the USFL in what passing yards and 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 he's up there in touchdowns too. But he's he's also completing less than sixty percent of his passes. He's thrown ten interceptions in seven games. He's only averaging six point three yards per attempt. And he only has a 72.6 QB rating. So as as good as his team is doing well, though, I think they're five and two or whatever. The New Orleans mm-hmm. Breakers also USFL. So are you are you really doing well if you're in the USFL or you're just kind of doing whatever? Um, but I think actually, isn't there a team that's like 0 and 8 or 0 and 7 in the USFL? Uh, I think it's Kirby Smart, actually, the 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 pizza guy. Um, I'm just digressing all over. But I think he he deserves a shot to be a backup. Um, I think the season, the USFL season ends in a few weeks and I think someone, uh, he'd be worth just bringing in to give him a job or a shot. You know, he's gotten a bunch of chances. He's been with like the Bears, Raiders, Lions, Cardinals, and Vikings. So, you know, teams are interested in him. It's just about, you know, whether he's a good fit or not. I think it'd be good of him maybe to maybe focus more on his like, studies and and trying to help out uh the other quarterbacks on his roster because i don't think he's at that starter level yet and maybe maybe realize that you know my role in the nfl is being a backup and i can i can offer that to people in the nfl and look backup quarterbacks in the nfl that's a good gig like you get paid a good amount of money look at chase daniel he's made a ton of money and he's played like three games in nine years so that's not a bad gig either i know slower probably wants to play but being a backup quarterback at the NFL is not a bad kick either. So, I mean, we heard it multiple times that he couldn't get people lined up in the right, right spot. That's a quick way to get there. I mean, that works great for preseason football in the USFL, but I mean, ask Johnny Manziel how that worked out. Like, you know, yeah. in college, well, had, you can show up to practice hungover and just chuck it to Mike Evans and things he, seem to work well, but he had a you know. few more problems than Kyle Slaughter is dealing with right now. 
Just a few. College college Johnny football is probably one of the greatest NCAA players of all time. Not yeah. only just for what he did on the field, but what he did off the field. <laughs> like yeah. that he, he guy, was, that guy yeah. was Mr. College quarterback. Yeah. 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 He, and, he still uh, acts like Mr. College quarterback, but for know. sure. He got what's he doing? Like the, the fan controlled football now or whatever with TO. I think he's doing that. I think Dalvin actually owns the team that he's on. Yeah. Uh, it's his agent's part of it or something. Um, yeah. Johnny Manziel. Wow. I actually wanted the Vikings to draft him. Okay. In 2014. Uh, you're not alone. A no, lot I'm of not. people did. No, I'm not. That was, like I said, what that you, was one of the what do you think I've ever seen. What would have happened? Would he have been able to kind of do anything in the NFL if he got to the Vikings? Because they were, because what, Mike Zimmer and Rick Spielman, they were there at his, you know, his pro day or whatever. Like they were front and center. They had interest in him. Um, they just didn't pull the trigger. But do you think it would have gone any differently if he was in in Minnesota? Well, there weren't really, yeah, there weren't any receivers here. Like Johnny Manziel's success in college was predicated on Mike Evans being at Texas A&M. Like that seems like such a that seems like such a basic thing to say. Greg Jennings still there? Greg Jennings was there, right? Yeah, Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, I think Greg Jennings was there. Kyle Rudolph. But, I mean, Greg Jennings was like a shell of himself by the time he got to Minnesota. And they still had Adrian Peterson before he got suspended. So that they probably would have just done something similar that they did with Teddy where, like, just, just give it to Peterson. Like, I don't know. I feel like Cleveland, like, going to the Browns, like, if you're a borderline, like, fringe quarterback where you could you, you have the potential to be great or you could just fall flat on your face. If you go to the Browns, I, I just feel like you have no chance. Well, and look at look at what he did off the field too. Like right there is oh, yeah, substance yeah, yeah. abuse problems. There was that's what I'm saying. Like with Mike problems. That's what I'm saying with like Mike Zimmer. Zimmer would not have tolerated that stuff. Right, but he had a reputation of dealing with those guys. Like you look at Pac-Man Jones that's and true. and Vontez Perfect um, back in the day. Like he kept those guys in line. So I'm just I'm, I've always been curious about like what could have been. That's one of the big what ifs for me. I guess that and you know Teddy's leg almost falling off. Uh, Will always be some of the biggest what ifs of in Vikings history to me, uh, but yeah. But what well, Sloter? Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, <laughs> I think it'll be in an NFL camp. Yeah, we're gonna shot. I mean, if you have success in any of these leagues, they'll at least bring you in. Are right, does that mean he'll win a backup job? No, but I mean he he'll compete for a roster spot somewhere. Maybe he lands on a practice. I don't think he's eligible for practice squad at this age now, right? Uh, no, I think veterans are now. I think veterans are oh, still, okay. they're still doing that. All right. Like, like two or three yeah. maybe you can do now. I think you can so, I mean, I don't know. I mean, the guys, he makes a good point. I mean, he's 6'5", 220 pounds, and he's mobile, and he's got a big arm. Like, those things are, yeah. like, mentally, there, there are some screws loose there. I I don't really know a good term to describe it, but I mean, mm-hmm. like you said, it's almost like he has too much confidence in his arm at times where he's like, I- I'm going to chuck yeah. it. But I mean, shoot, go to the, like, go to the Seahawks, just go to them and run around. Like drew locks going to do anything there. See, or Gino see what Smith? happens. Maybe yeah, I'll get like, a shot there. And Seahawks, yeah. Seahawks fans would love him. They would love him. Um, even if like he'd played, terribly they would they would love him just like you know you like 
he's I feel like he's a like another Gardner Minshew type where like you know okay great he's not he's not the greatest he's not but he's fun he's fun to watch he's fun to listen to talk you know listen to him after games or whatever I think he's kind of he can be one of those quarterbacks so there you go I, I mean, I don't know. If he goes to Seattle, I feel like Pete Carroll's going to be, yeah, you're just going to hand the ball off to Kenneth Walker. We run <laughs> the ball sure, here, son. Sure, you don't got to worry about lining people up oh. because we're just going to run it straight ahead. I like the gum. I like right the gum. into the A gap. Right there. How, is he almost 80? Like, he's getting up there. 73? He's Louise, man. He doesn't look like him, but. Yeah, imagine keeping him over your 33-year-old quarterback. Even the, even if Russell Wilson's a little bit of a weirdo, like the let the let's ride thing is uh something. <laughs> I don't I don't Broncos know. Broncos country, let's ride. <laughs> uh, you know, future what Walmart Broncos? I think that's happening soon. Uh, they're what? You didn't hear the Walmart owners going to buy the Broncos? Oh, so they're not I I thought you I thought they were doing like a sponsored thing, like the Denver Broncos oh, no, 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 of Walmart. Presented by no, no, Walmart. No, 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 no. Not yeah. yet. Not yet. Maybe. Maybe they will. It's they're, probably they're, coming. Yeah. For sure. They'll it's have their be... big. They'll have their big Walmart patch on their jersey. Well, that <laughs> that is coming. People but... of Walmart dot com field. Uh, um, that'll be uh, a thing. <laughs> <laughs> be a hell of a halftime thing. <laughs> now brought to you, people of Walmart. They just throw the like people of Walmart from, like, cam Georgia yeah. on the big screen for sure. Got yeah. smuggling, uh, and then he's smuggling two hams. No, no that's just oh yeah. no, no, no. Uh, I, I think I, I'm I might be one of the few that like agrees with what Seattle did because I just think they have too many holes to just keep Russell Wilson around because he wanted more money. Um, mm-hmm. and they're just not in a situation to, to pour a bunch of money into a quarterback when they need just way too much help because they got rid of uh. What Bobby Wagner too? They got rid of him. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a big part of their team. So they're, I think, they're just looking to kind of reset and uh, kind of like they, the Lions did a couple years yeah, ago with Stafford. Yeah, yeah, for sure, makes sense. Because that and the Vikings might get to this point. They might get to this point where you know, in two years or whatever, where Kirk Cousins, he's not. It's not worth paying him that much anymore because they just have so much to fix on the rest of their roster. So they get rid of him and and but, hope for a top top pick. But, but if you're not firing your 73 year old head coach, are you really rebuilding? Like at least Detroit went and got Man Campbell outside of that. <laughs> just like, hey man, we gotta get drinks ventures and stuff. Yeah, football. Yeah, I just break kneecaps, eat footballs. Yeah. Well, I wonder how much like hard knocks. I wonder how much uh like left Pete Carroll has on his contract because coaches' contracts are guaranteed. So maybe maybe that's a factor. I, I don't know. I, I don't mind Pete Carroll. He's he's good. He's been a good coach. But yeah, he's getting he's getting to old. Sell the Seahawks too. So maybe that's correct. Correct. Part of the they don't thing. they don't want to go through that much. Maybe wait for yeah. Maybe wait for the new owner to come in and be like, all right, get everyone out. Like what what's his face in Carolina who's just blowing everything up over there for no reason. Uh, man, we have talked about so much stuff today that has nothing to do with the Vikings, but. It's June. It's June. <laughs> it's June. There's training. There's a uh, mini camp starting, but I mean, nothing no. matters. They're just going to install <laughs> some things. Taylor Naylor is going to dominate because there's no tackling. Like Chris and Boyd says, if we make a mistake, it's okay. No one's going to yell at us. Okay. Until the season starts. Yeah. Or until yeah. he gets dragged into the office at the end of camp. What do you until mean the, you're cutting me? 
Until the but, XFL uh, season starts for Chris Boyd, yeah. Yes. Well, that is all the time we have for today. On that note, we do this every Monday and Thursday at 6.15 p.m. Central Time. Like, comment, share, ring the bell on our YouTube channel so you never miss an episode. For Adam Patrick, I am Chris Shad, and we will see you on Thursday night. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.